Welcome to the Complete Leader Podcast, giving leaders the tools and information they need to grow and change their world. Now here's your host, Dale Dixon. How women can succeed in the workplace despite having female brains. Welcome to the Complete Leader Podcast, everything you need to become a high-performing leader. I'm your host, Dale Dixon, in studio today with Valerie Alexander. She's a former securities lawyer, investment banker, and screenwriter who now tours the country as a keynote speaker and corporate trainer working with professionals who need to crack the glass ceiling and companies that want to demolish it. Valerie has written three books on happiness, success, and success for women, and she owns the trademark on the phrase, as a second language. So think success as a second language, happiness as a second language. And those books are in the personal growth and self-help space under which she has published one more book, has four others under contract, and several more in the pipeline. Valerie, great to be with you today. It is good to be here, Dale. Recently, you gave a commencement address at uh, Trinity University, and you got quite the response out of that. Tell us about that. It was really wonderful. It was such an honor and a privilege. Trinity is my alma mater. I graduated 26 years ago, and they invited me back to do the, give the commencement address. And I thought really hard about what do I want to share with the leaders of tomorrow. And it came down to what, what do they want to hear and what do they need to hear? And what they want to hear is that it's going to be okay. I know they're entering a rough economy. They have enormous student loans, but it's going to be okay. They have a good education. They are prepared for the future. And then what they need to hear is that they're getting a lot of this right. They're getting a lot of things right that our generation got wrong, which is that happiness matters, that personal satisfaction matters, that you can expect respect in your first job out of college. And I think because of that, the students were very excited to hear it and their parents were very appreciative of the message so i um i got a standing ovation from the from the graduates and from their parents which was quite unexpected to me and from i was told by the professors and some of the long standing trustees of the university they'd never seen that happen before so it was exciting that is uh, the sign of a great communicator fantastic congratulations and Sounds Thank like you. Well, well deserved. So our, our topic today, how women can succeed in the workplace despite having female brains and uh, title of one of your books. So let's dive in and uh, and let's first define and, and work through this idea of the female brain. Help us understand that. Yes, it's a very politically charged topic because the concept that the male brain and the female brain function differently has been used against women in many contexts throughout history. It started with Darwin when he wrote The Descent of Man. But very quickly, the male brain and the female brain do function differently. This is from two million years of evolution. Two million years ago, we, we began living in tribes, and once we began living in tribes, we had to specialize by gender. The tribes could not afford to let the women die. If the women die, the tribe dies out. Two men with 10 women can effectively reproduce a tribe, but two women with 10 men cannot effectively reproduce the tribe. So the tribes that survived, the, one we all, the ones we all descended from, were the ones that figured out not to let the women die. So they sent the men off to do the things that re might cause instant death, like hunting and combat, and the women stayed back at the cave and did everything else. That 
separation of survival traits and survival skills by gender happened two million years ago. And after that happened, after that separation, our brains began developing a prefrontal cortex. Before we were living in tribes, our brain was about the size of a meatball. Now it's the size of the cauliflower head we all have today. And we didn't just blow up like a balloon, we started adding compartments. And one of the compartments we added was the prefrontal cortex. So the part of our brain, that frontal lobe that controls our emotions, our social interaction, and our decision making did not exist until after men and women had different sets of survival skills. And now we have what's called fMRI technology, functional MRIs. We can actually watch the brain as it functions. And in every gender-based study of emotions and social interaction and decision-making, the results are pretty clear. The male brain and the female brain function differently. So, so what are some important ways that women adapt, adapt so that their work is better rewarded, recognized and rewarded? What we have to do is look at what how the corporate world defines leadership and how the corporate world defines success. Going back to the evolution from the caves for two million years, men were the only ones leaving the cave, so men were only encountering other men. About That was always about combat between tribes, but about 20,000 years ago, that became commerce between tribes. And since the male leadership was defined by who was the could succeed the most at hunting and combat, which was the man who made the quickest decisions, had the biggest risks that paid off, were, was the most aggressive, was the most competitive. That's how you succeed in hunting and combat. Those same traits got brought into the corporate world as it was being developed. I mean, men designed the system from the ground up, and so naturally they designed naturally they designed a system that naturally rewarded their natural instincts. And so, if we look at how leadership is defined in the corporate world, it's quick decision making, it's risk, it's confidence, it's decisiveness. Women were back at the campfire, responsible for the survival of the offspring of the entire tribe. So they worked by consensus. They made decisions in groups. They cared. They expressed their emotions. They made sure they had 100% of the facts before making a decision because there was no incentive for risk-taking and the payoff of risk-taking might be the death of an offspring. And so women are much more risk-averse. In the corporate world, that is penalized. And what women need to do is they need to figure out that they need to make decisions, make decisions confidently and proceed with those decisions, even in the face of uncertain information. And then if it turns out they're wrong, they need to fix it and spin it back. Never go around saying I was wrong. You go around saying here, I solved your problem. So I'll give you a very specific example of that. This happened when I was practicing law. When I was a corporate lawyer, I inherited a client from a senior attorney who left and he, it was the, the files were a mess. This attorney had given them terrible legal service. It took me months to fix it and to get them ready for another financing event. And right as that happened, the partner I worked for came into my office and he said, I just got off the phone with the CEO. They've asked for a different associate. They don't like you. They miss Rob. And I was stunned because Rob had given them horrible legal service. But it turns out that 
when they called Rob, Rob gave them an answer on the phone. And when they called me, I said, I'll look into that and get back to you. And they didn't like that. And years later, when I became an executive at an internet company, I, I realized what that felt like. If I picked up the phone to call our lawyer and asked a question, I wanted an answer. And so after the day that this partner came into my office and said, your client doesn't like you, I adapted. And then when they called, they would call and say, hey, can we give out stock for our Christmas bonuses this year? I would think about it. I would take the risk. I would say, well, it's October. They're not going to do it tomorrow. And they want an answer. And so I'd give them an answer. And I would say, yes, you can do that. And they'd say, thanks, and hang up. And 80% of the time, I was right. Pretty soon, 90% of the time, I was right. And so that was it. They hang up. We get off the phone. Everybody's happy. The stock as Christmas bonuses question I was wrong. And I looked it up and they didn't have the approval for that. And so I called back. I called the client back and here is how that phone call went. I called back and I said, hey, I know you want to give stock as Christmas bonuses. I looked into it a little further. You don't have the board approval for that. So I wrote one up. I can shoot it over to you and you can do a mailing or you can do it at the next board meeting because I think there's time for that. Which would you prefer? An attorney attorney who came up with a yes answer. And figure out a way to make it happen. Without ever saying I was wrong. True. And by the way, they never cared. They never (laughs) cared that I was wrong. And this is really important. I, and when I do this talk live, especially in companies where I'm doing a training session for female executives or, you know, female support staff, every, every woman in an office can really greatly advance her career by just adapting these simple traits. I say, can you ever imagine a man walking into someone's office and saying, oh, I'm such an idiot. I should have never told you that. And universally, no, men don't do that. Men don't walk around saying, I am so stupid. I got that order completely wrong. Even when they get it wrong, they say, oh, got that wrong. We got to fix this, guys. And this is what women need to do. We need to make a decision. We need to give an answer when we're asked, even in the face of incomplete information, and then go look it up. We do have to look it up. That part's important. Men have to look it up too. Everybody has to look it up after you've given the answer. But when you find out you're right, good. Issue done. But if you find out you're wrong, find a way to fix it. And if it can't be fixed, then you just go back and you say, we're going to have to change this. But don't go around announcing that you're the problem or that you were wrong, or that you didn't know something. In the workplace, confidence and competence are perceived as the same trait. People who are highly competent but behave without confidence are perceived as incompetent. And people who are highly confident can go years without people actually discovering the truth. I'm thinking of the infamous TED Talk. Her name's Amy, and I'm missing the last name, but uh, the whole idea is fake it till you make it. Completely. Completely. Don't announce that you don't know what you're doing. I became a corporate securities lawyer. I was an IPO lawyer in the Silicon Valley um, uh, during the first internet gold rush, during the boom. And I wasn't fulfilling some lifelong dream of corporate law. I fell back. That was the department that was hiring when I was coming out of law school. 
And I got assigned to my first IPO. It was an Australian company that was going public on the U.S. market. The CEO of that company was Malcolm Turnbull, who is now the prime minister of Australia, which is kind of fun. And, and he and I stayed in touch. But I, got, I sat in the organizational meeting at that first, the first meeting of the bankers and the lawyers and the accountants and the company, praying that somebody might say what the letters IPO stood for because I had no idea. And five weeks later, the senior associate on the deal quit. The partner was busy making rain. And I wound up running the transaction. So what I tell everybody is if you don't run around telling everyone that you don't know what the letters IPO stand for, they might just put you in charge of one. When did you find out? Was Luckily, it within the, in was the it, meeting. Was in the fi- okay, yes. it was within the meeting. <laughs> Some, someone Some said point in the five initial weeks. public offering. Yeah. And I, as soon as they said initial public offering, I was like, oh, that makes sense. We're talking about selling the stock to the public. Okay, got it. <laughs> but but it was in the meeting. Someone said made the, said the words initial public offering. I went, phew. There you go. It was Amy Cuddy and uh, talks about fake it till you make it in that, that infamous TED Talk. So and, and a great one to go back and watch. So let's talk about what companies need to be doing to – reward and retain top female talent? A couple things. Companies need to look very carefully at their metrics. They need to make pay much closer attention to their performance evaluations. The studies done of performance evaluations show that the word abrasive ha- will be used in some significant percentage of women's performance evaluations, and it's never used in men's performance evaluations, which means that's not about the women. That's about the perception. So companies need to be looking at what kind of reviews are they giving to their women? Are they telling their women that they don't smile often enough? You know, one of the things I tell women is if you get a comment in a performance review like that, don't argue, don't fight. You say, thank you. That's something I'll work on. Can you assure me that this is the standard by which everyone at my level is being held? And as soon as you say that, it suddenly wakes people up. They're like, oh, no, we haven't told a single other product manager that they have to smile more often. Um, and that's just a tiny example. But if companies looked at how they're defining leadership, are they defining leadership as the person who makes the most decisions, makes the quickest decisions, you know, plows forward with their solution without consulting anyone else. If you're defining leadership that way as a company, you are not getting the best leaders and you are not getting the best outcomes. So look at that. Look at how women are treated in meetings. Are they being talked over? It's amazing how when, if a company just puts, puts out a flat, no interruption rule, Nobody in a meeting can be interrupted. They get such higher participation from the women because they, it is so subconscious. People don't realize in a meeting how often they're talking over women. And companies need to realize having diversity of gender brings diversity of thought, which helps your bottom line. If your team has five white guys from Harvard Hiring a sixth white guy from Harvard doesn't bring you any value. It doesn't add anything else that you don't already have. But if you hire a black woman from Howard, 
chances are you're going to get a different perspective and you're going to get a perspective that will give you value, that will give you value that you lost. If So then if you hire a, you know, a black woman from Howard and then you force her to adapt to these ridiculous standards of risk-taking and confidence and plowing ahead or you allow her to be talked over in a meeting, you're not going to get the best that you can from her. Your company is losing the value it should be getting from each of your employees if you are not looking at how they behave, how they give you their best, what their contribution is, and rewarding them for making that contribution. Fantastic. Valerie Alexander, terrific information for us. Thank you so much. Uh, open our, opening our eyes to this. Uh, you've got a number of books out, all under the idea uh, as a second language. Success is a second language. Uh, happiness is a second language. The, uh, the book, uh, the title of this podcast, How Women Can Succeed in the Workplace Despite Having Female Brains. If folks want to get in touch with you, all of that contact information is uh, right there in the show notes for this episode. And while you are there, if you would uh, go into iTunes and rate this podcast, also leave a review, we would be most grateful. Once again, Valerie Alexander, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you, Dale. This was an absolute pleasure. Absolutely. And this is the Complete Leader Podcast, everything you need to become a high-performing leader. Thanks for listening to the Complete Leader Podcast. Find more online, thecompleteleader.org.